This is Three in the Pink. Have you guys heard of podcasts? Because this is one of those. I'm Gemma Hatherill. I'm Apsi Watana. And I'm Roma Verk. Uh, <laughs> we're leaning in yes. to Lena Dunham. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Lena Dunn. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and she's definitely hamming it up. Uh, yep. She is. She is. She she lent in and I wish she would just fall yeah. right in. <laughs> I could just hold her head down. She's got her own brand of feminism. What's it called? Lean. <laughs> it's Lena in feminism. Lena in oh, feminism. I see. Lena, Lena in with the help of two millionaire parents. Yeah, probably would help. Must be handy. So it must be. It? She must be experiencing some kind of psychosis right now. To update, I think we're referring to the sort of the next the, thing. The before, most recent. The there might be like another one by Jeng- the time this airs. <laughs> there is like every day a new problematique. <laughs> the like Jenga block, the like teetering Jenga block of Lena Dunham's like faux pas <laughs> slash yeah. career. Probably how she it's would like another her body block. to look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Since she's just she on the way down. <laughs> Uh, the latest kind of block slid precariously yeah. I guess out. She must is, be pretty bored uh, now. Yeah. What did she do? That so she she. Oh, she uh, she decided she, that su- the one the case oh. yeah the case of sexual harassment brought against one of the writers of Girls. She decided that it was one of the three percent of cases of rape that are misreported. Yeah. She as a uh, officially trained attorney in yes. um, domestic law. To be a self-professed feminist and yeah. first of all to not take that that little snippet not to take it with a pinch of salt firstly but then to be so righteous as to think that she gets to decide which of those cases I don't understand are, are why she doesn't have these, these ideas in these, these thoughts in mm, private yeah. she feels so she really feels the need to publicly declare everything mm. that she thinks as if she because she's right and the world <laughs> needs to hear some she sense really, she really seems to Hillary think would have what <laughs> <laughs> she really seems to think that everything that she has to say is of note and is valid is, is yeah. of is it not even her apology was is she... so so just shambolic she essentially was like I don't know off the top of my head word for word it, but she, she essentially said, said she... that you know oh we should believe all women that report it as, as, as though, feminists the first thing feminists, that you should do yeah. the first thing we do is believe each other and I shouldn't have she basically said she said sorry if I hurt your feelings I'll keep them to, I'll keep my opinions to myself please she didn't change her opinion no. she didn't accept that <gasps> she was wrong she just said that as a feminist she did something that she shouldn't have done in public Here's a theory, a theory's burgeoning mm. about how you know there was a tweet uh, going around uh, when before she apologized, mm. laying out the framework for Alina Dunham apology. <laughs> yes. Did you see it? That yeah. was basically like uh, admission of guilt, acceptance of privilege, kind of blah blah. <laughs> it, it was kind of like it was like relating it to wider context, like shame and mm. deference, and then like twee joke at the end. It was yeah. I can't. I'm yeah. not massively bastardizing it, but it was that was yeah the kind yeah of yeah. Thing. yeah. And I, I actually used because I enjoyed the writing of girls. I used to enjoy watching yeah. girls, and mm. I would kind of, I would sometimes would even defend her before yeah. she got really bad. And I used to think, you know, there aren't very many celebrities that are like good at apologizing yeah. who do things wrong and then go, hey, I fucked up, and this is exactly why. But actually, what she represents is this whole generation of performative woke. Yeah. Uh, sometimes mm. young, like aff- affluent people. Yeah 
who say, who you can never quite pinpoint why you don't like them because they say the right thing, they've learnt all of the vernacular and they just dispense it onto you with this kind of, this like faux yeah. earnestness. And it, this is why it's so frustrating because ultimately all of her, all of the things that initially seem appealing to her in terms of her humility mm. and everything mm. and her ability to understand when she's wrong and her intelligence. And she clearly has, she's a smart writer and she has some insights yeah. about human beings. But the entitlement that yeah. comes with her entire sort of personality, that's what I think she represents this kind of toxic kind of mm. middle class, college educated. Yeah. Um, and the people who... Self-absorbed. Yeah, the, the I'm with her people. And it, it is something that isn't just exclusive to Lena Dunham. Yeah. Like, she is feminism a is... psychotic yeah. like, mm. example of it. Yeah. But. It's just so the whole thing is so performative, like from the earnest feminism to begin with, and then up until the point where she's apologizing, the whole thing just feels like a performance, mm. and it feels like she's just trying to sort of capitalize on feminism she, yeah. because it's, it's allowed her to get to where she is, and mm. I think she knows that her brand of feminism is more palatable than a more radical, more realistic and feminism. F- yeah, and for a lot of people, it is new. Yeah. It's new to have, you know, like there's the centering of primary feminist discourse <coughs> subjects oh, onto like what do your tits look like, how mm. fat or not fat you are, um, how you got bullied in high school, all of these very personal egocentric kind of signifiers yeah. of feminism. Like mm. that's that's for a lot of people like that in my experience like when I was younger especially like that's a lot easier to engage with mm. than mm-hmm. yeah like learning about like the economic yeah. ramifications yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, all yeah, of the yeah. kind of when people when and then this like this group of women like women and men this kind of woke internet sphere um yeah no I just think that that um well, I forgot. <laughs> well, I guess just like, the wokeness thing. Yeah, what you're saying okay. about you know that kind of like surface level feminism, where she's not considering sort of economics and the sort of race disparities, the economic yeah. disparities, that mm. sort of thing. I suppose it's because her and a lot of sort of feminists are in the public eye. So you're like Amy Poehler's, I guess, like all those kind of feminist comedians. Amy they, Schumer. Amy, Amy Schumer. Schumer. Sorry, yes. Amy Poehler. <laughs> Amy Poehler's all right. Poehler's all right. No, but I mean, she she's right? part of that. Yeah. yeah. She's not yeah. as vocal about it. She but they don't, do she's definitely they don't really have to consider those things. So they're in quite a privileged position and they can just sort of yeah. ride that wave all the way to the I bank. It's just so much... when celebrities just like fucking unapologetically clad their whole skin in gold and just don't <laughs> pretend to be like Kanye yeah. and Rihanna and all yeah. of these. Mariah Carey. Yeah, people yeah. who are just like, I'm fucking rich. Yeah. Even Louis C.K. I yeah. mean, dare, yeah. dare I mention his name. Yeah. He has that little aside in one of his stand-ups where he's talking about being on a plane and he mentioned something that you could only know if you if you're in first class. I think it's something about the... I can't remember what it was. But he was like... He has this aside where he's like, yeah, I fly first class because I'm rich. I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's like, it's like um, what's more vapid? That's like, honestly... Being like really ostentatious with how much mm-hmm. ostentation with how much money that you have or is it just like this kind Taylor of like <laughs> yeah this this kind of Taylor Swift like empowerment yeah girl yeah. yeah. like, yeah. like, like how, in what world does Taylor Swift need empowering yeah. <laughs> she's fairly empowered so leading on from bad white feminism 
Leanering on. Leanering on. <laughs> I guess we can sort of segue into... Hashtag me too. Hashtag, Hashtag me what too. next. Hashtag what next. Hashtag me three. Maybe Ooh. that could be... Because it's a follow one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag yeah. me three means... It's a what story of like the three older threesomes that you've had. <laughs> <laughs> loads. <laughs> we have all other podcasts for that. What? <laughs> 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 Me too. Yes. What next? So in the last Me week, too. we've seen loads of pretty much every show on Netflix is cancelled now <laughs> because all the men the are actors, perverts, all which the writers, all the surprises producers. nobody really. But I think it surprises some men. I've only met. I've only met. No, lads. Yeah, I've no, seen loads true. of men be like, "Oh, but this guy, <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> you, uh, you, can you beat me, Jabba?" <laughs> <laughs> Gemma sent around an article in the Paris Review, was it? Or was yeah. it the New York Times? Paris Review. Earlier today about... What do we do it was with, another article with gra- men's art? Yeah, grappling yeah. with the art of monsters. and It was meandering. Was it was very, edited. It was a laboured article. It, 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 was, it did it not give me what I wanted for that article. Am but, I a monster? But, was that, <laughs> am I the demagogue? Shabba dabba dabba that's not a reprise because this is going before that okay. conversation. Um, <laughs> um, edit that out. Okay. Um, uh, but but uh, the, she, in her like meandering series of non-points, at the end she does make <laughs> a point about uh, about the fact that these are. That to make a work of art, you do need to be sort of selfish. Yeah. Her kind of whinging and fretting was annoying, but the point that to make something, you have to like push away people, you have to kind of be selfish a little Or apparently, bit. push them towards you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Your children, in the case of whoever. Mm. Um, but... But I don't think that we need to like romanticize the idea of the portrait artist because no, you know, exactly. generations that... of female artists have made art without Isn't abusing it? people. Mm. And it's I don't... men that do that, and yeah. the people that she cited. One of them was Sylvia Plath, who yeah, wasn't... towards the beginning she, she was like killed does, herself because she does was self like, clinically yeah. depressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She suddenly self-harm is the yeah, same as rape. I mean, I, I realised that maybe that sentence was partly tongue-in-cheek, but also just I putting it right. It wasn't anything in that article right at the beginning, Right at the beginning of it, it was right in the first paragraph, yeah. like, does self-harm count? And then loads of women no. who self-harmed. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like, point. It's only because she couldn't think of any woman that had done yeah. the same thing as if Woody Allen Harvey yeah. was. You're right. Part of the issue here is that we consider like art, the great artists to be like the ones that you learn, like Hemingway. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and um, I was going to say in Gatsby, he's the guy in the book. <laughs> but it's, but it's like these kind of Van Gogh figures. Yeah. Van Gogh? Whatever. Who cares? Van who go literally away. Who cares? <laughs> point about um is the difference between learning about pop music <laughs> i can't do this yes i can <laughs> <laughs> like you know when you're in like when you whenever it is that you learn about this sort of uh, about non-traditional slightly non-traditional artists mm-hmm. so you learn about art in school and yeah. like books you learn about like the big guys yeah. and then you do just do a slight bit of research and you realize that there's all of these people whether it's like Maya Angelou or yeah. or 
uh, <laughs> someone else. <laughs> I can't remember the last. Anyway, um, you do realise that like the more that you learn, the wider your scope is, the more that you realise there isn't one way to write novels. Yeah. And in fact, there is this dominating, dominating narrative of how like how books get written and mm-hmm. every film that's got a writer in it, he's like scribbling mm-hmm. mercurially away and he's like, in shut between, the door! Yeah. And he's like, he's drinking. In between and, beating his wife and fucking 17-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And we, we even progressive people like to believe that, including this article this yeah. Paris Review article likes to believe that well what are we going to do how else would we have geniuses but we all know people who are they just have sort of a connection to something they have yeah. an ability to kind of move between topics and to talk about things and to be whether it's a, a comedy thing or an articulating yeah. thing or just like people who can draw for fuck's sake there are people yeah. It's we're we're conflating um, genius with like ruthless will to power. Yeah. People who will tread on anything to get at the Oscars, and yeah. I I don't know. I I think that the more that you learn about the arts, the more you realize how one note and how singular that that characterization of the artist is. I don't think it does have to be. Well, then we lose all of our great artists. I don't yeah. think that. The, the, um, First of all, when would that ever happen? Yeah, like yeah. Woody Allen sleeping with a stepdaughter and all and sexually yeah. abusing and stuff isn't the same as uh, like a comedian or a musician who like fucked some groupies when they were yeah. 19 or something. I think it's Because there are gradations of this stuff yeah. as well. I think it's very telling that this kind of romanticising of this very particular notion of the artist is typically male typically very successful white male mm. and Wear that glasses. those glasses <laughs> and, but, and that those short. are the people who traditionally in our society have the power they have the money they are in charge of the production houses that make films they're in charge of printing the books they're in charge of producing the media that then comes out and that we then consume and so it is absolutely to their benefit that they are creating a society which allows them to behave however they want to behave Mm -hmm. and that we take that at face value as being normal and the way of the artist where in reality on you know on our level we know that sort of people that we know in our circles and things to be intelligent and to make create things you don't have to be an asshole no but you can just be depressed yeah (laughs) you can just be depressed but it feels like there's such a disconnect between uh where we live and where that kind of the big money celebrity stuff yeah. happens and we have to just sort of consume that media and take that as facts. I don't think it's yeah, I agree. <laughs> Obviously. I don't I don't think it's dissimilar to it's the way that we're talked about. <laughs> what? No, that part everything fine. comes down to patriarchal capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> um but I do, I do, it's not, it's like the way that you learn about relationships, the way that you learn about, the way that you learn about talent and, yeah. and genius and um, people who deserve success yeah. because mm. of some innate God-given gift is the same way that you learn about something as um, inherent and important to life as like intimacy and love yeah. is you learn about romance in the same way. You learn about yeah. these guys who are flawed, who are, in, in modern terms, are now like, a, if you know anything about this shit, it's like they're obviously the the mod the trope or the characterization of like a modern romance is usually an abusive one. Yeah, a stalker. Yeah, a stalker. He's he's troubled. He's manipulative. Yeah. But he's but it's cute. Yeah, or it's or there's some kind of heart of gold shit going on. Yeah. That or that you, he has that to you... keep asking you until you say yes. Yeah. That's so romanticised. Persistence. Yeah. Persi- yeah. Ambition that you have, equals yeah, Slytherin, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, all Slytherin. <laughs> I'd fuck Malfoy over Parry Potter. Parry Potter. <laughs> Patty Potter. <laughs> Well, that's what patriarchal <laughs> capitalism wants you to think. Mm. We should all fuck Padma Patel. <laughs> As an act of rebellion. Um, no, but like, obviously we're going to create certain myths yeah. around around the, the powerful figures. Because ultimately the system knows that on some level that the people in power don't deserve to be there. Yeah. That there is, it is an unjust system and it needs myths to perpetuate that. And yeah. one of those myths is that the people who are at the top of the arts are there for a reason. And yeah. if they have flaws, they are necessary um, side effects of like an overriding genius. Yeah. Or a spark of kind of something something heavenly, celestial. Yeah. Something but obviously this, this whole Me Too thing obviously came about with the Harvey Weinstein stuff, but doesn't just affect that level of the kind of yeah. upper echelons of, mm-hmm. you know, art and humanity also affects us on a day-to-day level. Mm-hmm. We, I've, you know, people on my Facebook feed outing people, their abusers, on quite a, like, close personal level. So people within friendship groups, people within work environments and living situations everyone is now having to kind of come face to face with all of these situations in their life and you can't unfortunately just delete all men from your life so I guess we were talking so, about what this do before we, do? Yeah, we were talking about this like when, when it comes yeah. to like um, all of us. you know <laughs> not just friends but how difficult do these things become when we're talking about family members family members yeah. like, I've got yeah. some in it yeah. we all do because yeah. we all are unfortunately related, to, related men. to men yeah, yeah. um uh, brothers, mm-hmm. uh, uncles, um, let's not list all. <laughs> Dad, yeah. so great what, uncle. So what, obviously we have to like, we have to look out for ourselves in some way in terms of our mental and physical health when it comes to family members, friends, co-workers, but also we unfortunately are in the position of having to consider the reactions of men around us, men who are going to feel more victimised than they did before and allow that to kind of compact itself into sort of anger at women and also how we go forward because these men still live in the world and they're not unfortunately going anywhere and they have to live with the fact that they've done something inherently disgusting and deplorable and now that's being addressed. Mm -hmm. So how do we make it so that we are safe how do we have men put in a position to learn from this men, and to not just feel sort of victimised and angry? Boycotting men just isn't feasible. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, and it's frustrating that we have to do... Man-cutting. <laughs> <laughs> put them in a cart because they're babies. <laughs> it's unfortunate that we're in a position where we have to both consider like our own personal trauma and also the trauma of these men mm. but i suppose we just we have to because that's just how the well, shit's gonna go down one of the good things about all of this being brought to light is in an ideal world people the 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 increased scrutiny and the lack of tolerance and the fact that everybody is like has their ears pricked up people to are the reality of now. this yeah, yeah. M- that there is a chance that that would stop I mean, in an ideal world, men are self-reflecting hard, mm, yeah. and women are feel sort of I hate the word empowered, but like mm. are kind of bolstered to stand together, yeah. and or, or and like call out behavior or or or, yeah. or recognize situations. Yeah, it is, but yeah. but in this current scenario, at least there is this sense of 
Well, we have to fucking... This stuff, part of the problem with this stuff is that so much of it is just day-to-day behaviour. Yeah. Like, my old job, it was just part of the deal that the boss would talk to you yeah. in, in explicit detail about his sex life yeah. and try and fuck all your friends. And yeah, your se- like, and e- even now still and people that... kind of disregard certain things as being, like, not too bad. And yeah. that's telling because that just shows, like, how much shit we've had to put up yeah. with in our lifetimes. That we're like, oh, but that time that, like, my boss... You know, grab my ass. That wasn't too bad. That it's wasn't as, as bad as this other time. Yeah. You know where this happened, and we have to kind of so, get to the point where it's commonly accepted yeah. that none of this can be allowed. Some things aren't just not that bad. Mm-hmm. Bad is bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe the like in a in the maybe the part part maybe what could happen is the hypervigilance of everybody yeah. and the self awareness of men would stop at least the kind of. Like, socially accepted normalized stuff happening like that people would um it's always hard to assume that people would just call out behavior at a party or an office Mm -hmm. space but there is a sort of tension in the room when someone like uses a a, a slur or something yeah maybe that there'd be that tension and that defensiveness that could be applied to things other than saying calling someone a slut or a cunt or whatever and actually be applied to people are analyzing all aspects of behavior at this point yeah. they're act- they're thinking about the way that they talk to women things that they say and, and maybe that hyper awareness can change behavior yeah. or maybe it will just lead to more layers of performative wokeness yeah but, if it could come in a package that wasn't sort of hand-wringing yeah. performative facebook posts about men's feelings of guilt and confusion <sighs> yeah. and actually come in the form of just action stop doing it yeah. yeah i don't want to see men reappropriating women's opinions on facebook for for likes, likes and for yeah. kind of the props, like I want to see what you're actually doing about this. I want I mean, to see you, you at a party that down yeah. in your journal. <laughs> write it someone I mean, that gives a shit. In your write it in a letter and fucking, send it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> in your fucking leather bound fucking journal, you can write that shit with your. I mean, there are pen. some women. There are women too who think that this. I won't say who, but but like <laughs> <laughs> there are people who. Women, old and young, actually, who who are sort of like, well, you know, women act a certain way, and a woman yeah. I know was sort of like, oh, um, I've seen the women at my office are like sitting in the boss's laps and they're giggling and they're sort of hypersexualizing themselves and they don't understand like maybe they're maybe not thinking about the fact that that's what they're doing that maybe because they feel like they have to or yeah. because that's just. And because yeah. they've been brainwashed into the society that tells them that women need to perform these roles and that women yeah. need to be like sexy and cute to be valid or to be allowed yeah. to yeah. take up space and like in the workplace to, and in the social There's a difference sphere. between like consensually sitting on someone's lap and someone grabbing your ass. Like yeah. There's a, there's, there's, there's a context yeah. to both of those. Um, yeah. But this those whole things is not one like leads to the other and you're <laughs> yeah. presenting yourself in a mm-hmm. certain way and in terms of what to do about all of the men who are accused... It it's almost impossible to say in this current media climate, yeah. but 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 c- cancelling every assaulter and even rape. I mean, when someone's violent, like that's kind of a thing where it's like take them away, probably send them to prison, like yeah. have them. But I think to that go we can probably trial. accept that most rapists or sexual assaulters trial oh. is not going to happen. Justice is not going to be served exactly. in a court of law, and also was... that women haven't shouldn't have to go through that, and so that kind of weirdly puts a lot of the responsibility in the hands of the people. Yeah. This is what's so weird is like people keep saying yeah. like 
that what's kind of strange is people are losing their jobs without any legal action being taken. Yeah. There are anonymous people coming out against a famous person and they lose their job. That yeah. is an extraordinary amount of power for usually a very low status person. Yeah. Or maybe some maybe somebody like... Uh, so it's not always famous actors, yeah. actresses. It makes me want to send around a few emails because I know a few people that could come off the list Hot 100 this year. Yeah, <laughs> bare minimum, a few bar jobs lost around Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think that this whole powerful people losing their jobs—that's only happening because like FX and HBO, like these yeah. these companies, all want to be woke. Yeah. But actually, I mean, you could you could say that it's a little illegal. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be, I would be surprised if they did it, but like, there's a sense of you shouldn't lose your job because somebody makes, there should yeah. be this whole investigation yeah. thing. But the problem is that we all know that, 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 that court cases are heavily yeah. weighted mm-hmm. against women and blah, blah, yeah. blah, rape culture. But also but, like, these things are only really happening in these massive corporations like HBO, Netflix. Yeah. When you think about it on a smaller scale in the way that affects like common people, mm. normal people like us, you know, I've definitely known of plenty of people that have been assaulted in the workplace or in slightly more visible jobs in Glasgow for example and everyone in the scene which is where we are which is where we are everyone in like the the scene or that goes to these clubs or whatever everyone knows about it but Mm. they're not held accountable because we can kind of keep it quiet we can keep it in our city we can keep it in our scene and so it doesn't need to get out and there's no like higher accountability for Mm. The so, man what would you do level. if there's someone in your friendship group? What would you do if you're someone's in your friendship group? Because he's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, so outside of stripping someone of their job, what do you do then? Yeah. You've got a guy in your friendship group, maybe, who's done something untoward. Yeah. Maybe what if it's your flatmate? Yeah. You've got to see that person. What do, every you day. Do? what do you do? <laughs> what do you do if your flatmate's at home crying alone on the bed floor because he sexually assaulted someone? <laughs> and the only way to feed him. <laughs> It's to keep him in his job. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. One of the annoying things, um, I've kind of stopped reading all the think pieces I did a while ago because no one has any answers. There's no solution. Except to have a revolution. But but I've certainly cut down massively the number of male friends that I have in recent years, be that consciously or subconsciously. And... Lord knows I feel better for it, but that doesn't mean that those men aren't still out there. Out there living the fucking shit up for other women. Skeezy lives. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the. Yeah. What is the protocol? There is no protocol. Do I stay in this person's life that is potentially abusive, (laughs) that's going to cause me emotional turmoil and stress just to try and help them learn and become a better person? Is that my responsibility? If not, whose responsibility is it? And how do we enact that how do we take the responsibility for the learning of men <sighs> off of women who are already put upon and abused and having to kind of share give their emotional labor to these mm. men anyway how do how did we just get men Mm-mm. to fucking sit down yeah. and read a goddamn book preferably yeah. the scum manifesto yeah. <laughs> well, that only, would be ideal the only kind of solution <laughs> that's ever offered up is we need to teach our boys we Ugh. need to raise our sons in this kind of way why bitches? can't our sons fucking think for themselves yeah. and think but and you know, stop like, and say when, this is fucked up? Why do when we you good, have to teach yeah, them? It's always, it's, Why is yeah, it always, the always is, on us? The onus is always on it's always on I wonder us. what this next generation of men is going to be like. Because when I think of the, guys, the few guys yeah. that, I, <laughs> that we know who are 
Child Childbearing. <laughs> no, the guys who are, uh, I would say good people, yeah. whether it's Jacques, Gemma's lover. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or, your boyfriend's Jack, your, or your lover is a Jacques. There's a handful, <laughs> there's a handful of people Jacques. that we all know. Jacques. Jacques. It's J-A-Q. Yeah. C-Q. He is a yeah. woke male. Woke. That makes a it sound like brain. a ballad, though. You know? <laughs> He's woke. woke. I think... White whale. <laughs> <laughs> white whale. <laughs> Moby Dick. That's what Moby Dick's about. That is what Moby Dick's about. <laughs> the elusive woke white male. Whale. whale. <laughs> but these guys, they tend to have a pretty strong female presence in their life. That's true. Mm-hmm. I would That's say. Mm-hmm. I've that? actually said mm hmm without. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll say. Mm-hmm. I'll say. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> so I guess all we have to do is just keep being strong, badass women. Actually, and being make, publicly it. strong, badass women. I get a lot of shit for being a publicly, unashamedly aggressive, political woman. Uh, but I fucking love it. So nothing's going to change. <laughs> so hopefully people will see that and it'll whip some people into shape. Yeah, by I think so. proxy. Because I, I really don't want to actually have to interact with any of these people. You do sometimes see... Um, of solutions being uh, put on the table for uh, for <laughs> put on the table <laughs> for uh, I always see like so you know you see like these little Tumblr posts that are like men you should be doing this you should be speaking to your friends yeah uh, you should call them out when they say this kind of thing you should be defending your female yeah. friends when they uh, discuss the kind of behaviour that is level towards them yeah. That's the only kind of thing that I've seen uh, in terms yeah. of solutions for and those th- men. Yeah, to those carry are like good practical practice. solutions because in a lot of these situations, if you're a woman or you're not a white man, I suppose, then you are often in a position where you could be in physical danger mm. if you are defending somebody else or yourself in these scenarios. Having said that, I'm more than happy to tell guys that they're dicks. I oh, don't for sure, but I don't expect every other woman to feel comfortable doing that. And I certainly know that there's situations mm-hmm. where I don't feel safe. And so I'll just kind of keep myself to myself because I'm not trying to die today. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think be smart, be vigilant, be safe. But in terms of like just daily chat, yeah. I mean, maybe I, I've, I've. It's hard because there is, there stuff, is really but... like nothing. There's no. I guess what happens is going to happen, and we just have we to try have and to stay vigilant. To yeah, make these try and be vigilant. Try and not people. exhaust ourselves. Try and make sure that if there are men in our lives that will respond well to these things, that we tell them what we need. Mm. Because nobody else is going to be able to tell them what we need, and maybe these guys will listen. And although it know. is important to to to. Because we're also towing a line of not st- uh, streaking too far into like the hysterical virtue signaling, like yeah. liberal stuff, where we're just shaming them. Because yeah. as much as I hate them, yeah, it's all not of productive. them. It's not. It's not productive. I don't actually. It's actually. No. It takes a lot of. I think yes, be safe, but actually, just, and then after that, it's just it's, it's just exhausting. If you do publicly announce someone, then it becomes just a circle jerk endless circle jerk about yeah so if circle, you are oh, like, oh I already I always knew that this guy was it's like a self-righteousness about like I yeah. always knew that Louis yeah. C.K. was well I knew so man no you didn't and no you didn't because you didn't say anything no. did you yeah. <laughs> yeah 
so I think that you should, as much as it's it's so tempting to just be like, you're a dick, you're a dick, fuck you, you're a dick. When you do just go like, yo, this is shit. Yeah. Most guys are just like, oh shit, I don't realize. Yeah. They just stop doing it because someone they respect has told them in a cool-ish way that... Yeah. That this sort of behaviour, not in a kind of self-righteous, like, as the voice of women, <laughs> brown and white alike, this is not, it's like, this just makes people feel like shit. Like, yeah. this this sucks. And yeah. it doesn't actually take very much. In yeah. my, I do this to a lot, I have a lot of, in Sheffield, not here, but I've, I've, I have, like, older brothers, mm-hmm. uh like male heavy family lots of like a handful of male friends like yeah. a lot of my best a lot of my, some of my best friends are men and it isn't <laughs> usually that hard to just be like can you just with like to just speak mm-hmm. in their language yeah. in mm-hmm. terms of like it just feels like shit don't do it and they're yeah. like oh shit sorry they just, usually they just don't fucking realize yeah. it's like so much of the me too response from men has been uh, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that that yeah. was... And yeah. that's, that's generally how it is. Which is it's, fine. It's I'd usually it not ill that. intent. It's most of the time no, it's, sure. it's ignorance. But yeah. that's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole idea about being a man. But I think... That's the whole, that's the whole concept of privilege is being blinkered to these yeah. kind of... But then that's what's frustrating about some of the feedback on the left, that, or for the liberal left, I should mm. say, is that there is this... Um, there's this real need to view these guys as conscious monsters and yeah. villains and... Uh, predators and people who are just born sick. Yeah, and I think should, that's this is the case. Is that, that, this like, isn't in the patently, case of like rape. But, not only is that like patently wrong, but it's very damaging because it yeah. ignores the fact that these people, uh, that these dangerous men, are our family and our friends. Yeah, and the people that we and know. they become <laughs> that way because they're raised in yeah. our society, which is inherently toxic. I mean, I had so a couple of weeks ago. I had my own little call out festival on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, and I could very easily have done a similar thing with countless uh, men that I am not necessarily still in contact with, but would maybe see it on my social media and stuff. But I felt quite confident I could do this and I'm completely disconnected from this person. And, you know, I got quite a few messages from people like mutual friends kind of saying, I'm so sorry, I didn't know, or I should have realized something was wrong. Maybe some people did kind of at the time, no, but didn't say anything. Mm. But at the end of it, I felt like, well, I, I don't think I actually I feel like I got a bit of catharsis personally mm. but this person no longer lives in the city they no mm. longer are friends with any of these people I've got something off my chest but mm. it hasn't helped anyone it hasn't no, helped anyone yeah. in the future it hasn't helped anyone where they live now and if I did that for these various other people that do live in the same city as me all that could potentially happen from that is that I could put myself in danger yeah. and I don't know that I don't know that anything was truly gained from doing that, which is not to say that I don't think people should do that. I think you absolutely should. Do you think but anyone I don't think was I... helped? Like, anyone was prevented from being close to him? I don't Any think women? so. Okay. Because I feel like... I feel like he, you know, you he think moved he, away he, a few years ago. Do you think and... he was at all even confronted? Or aware of it? I mean, I, I had confronted him at the time. Mm. In mm-hmm. case it's not clear, you posted that somebody was an abusive yes. rapist. Yes. You can say those words. Yes, I fully <laughs> named somebody on the okay. internet. Uh, and to be honest, the frustrating thing is I know that I confronted this person at the time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and was completely, like, gaslit and it was mm. denied despite... I'm not going into details. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I know that even if this person, if it got back to them, I don't think that they, I still don't think that they would believe it because I think that they would believe that their Their intentions and their kind of interpretation of the situation was different to mine. And I don't Mm. think, as much as it was a relief for me to kind of finally see people realising what happened at the time, mutual friends and things like that, I don't think I gained anything. And whilst I do think maybe some more kind of direct action could be gained from naming and shaming people in the city that I currently live in and with Mm. people that I have mutual friends with right now. Mm. I don't feel comfortable enough to do that because I do feel that it would potentially get me into some physical danger. It would, Mm. you know, affect my career. It would affect Mm. my day-to-day life in a way that I'm not willing to sort of completely sacrifice my whole Mm. life in order to do this. And I don't feel like I'm in a position to do to do that really and mm. I don't think it would have the necessary effect I think it would just be a shitstorm and I don't think it would help anyone because yeah. I'm not I'm not like super famous super yeah. rich yeah. I'm not in a position to kind of put it in the newspaper it would just be a kind of trial by mm-hmm. social mm-hmm. circle essentially mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what ultimately is quite depressing about yeah it's nice to see like Kevin Spacey doesn't get to earn more billions of yeah. dollars yeah, he will. He actually will. But there's this <laughs> yeah. level of like, what's gonna happen to like my mom? Like all these people that have just been traumatized. Like, yeah. what is mm. gonna happen here? Yeah, we're like, having to like wrench do... out and relive our trauma yeah. over yeah. the last month, and then there's <coughs> still no closure. Nothing's been learned or gained for women. Maybe things have been learned or gained from mm. them, but. I probably speak for all of us when I say that none of this has come as a surprise. None of this has been a learning experience for any of us. It's just been purely traumatic. I Mm. mean, some women, I think, some women I've spoken to have been like, oh, I didn't realise I could count that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or I guess women who aren't as, I mean, we like reading all about this stuff all day. Uh, We're like, hyper-work. Yeah, we're like reaffirming (laughs) definitions that people didn't, really yeah like my a family member of mine was sort of alerted to the fact that this is something something had happened of this a similar sort of vein and was or through chatting to people like me was sort of like and had been what somebody who isn't like super online or anything but had seen this stuff on the news and was like oh well maybe that thing that happened years ago was something that i and it's this whole thing even when people realise it should be good that people are realising that the things that they've yeah. been through are valid but it's just fucking sad because yeah. this is something that happened like almost ten years ago no about about five years ago which is been sort of just was just dealt with swept mm. under the rug and is now being kind of oh okay maybe maybe that was something that maybe that was bad maybe I deserved some support yeah. and I think if we can do anything from this it's the strength in numbers yeah. and the support of whatever it is like <clears throat> mm-hmm. we have each other's backs that kind of thing I think the thing that might be heartening is uh, less fear about coming forward yeah. mm-hmm. because there's an acceptance of like and actually one of the things that I was like oh, okay shit was like things that I just thought were like dicky thing, like calling them sexual assault was a bit of a like yeah. a bit uncomfortable for mm-hmm. me yeah because I didn't want to consider myself in that sort of way but like you're not being afraid to use sexual assault if someone starts Mm, jerking off next to you and you know you know that that is you know Mm, yeah Mm. i guess my my kind of hope from all of this is although i don't feel like i have 
uh, necessarily gained anything from my personal experience recently. I guess, like, <laughs> which it, it sucks, but I think I've kind of gained a bit more of an understanding maybe about, like, what I need and what needs to happen going forward. I definitely, one thing I have appreciated is that it has kind of opened a bit more of a scope for women to talk to each other mm. about things. Because it definitely yeah. feels like there's one kind of realization happening for men, one realization happening for women. And those two things feel quite disparate. But mm. if this can open discourse amongst women while men are kind of slowly catching up <laughs> on the outskirts, if it means that we can start talking mm. to each other and figuring out like a grassroots way of kind of helping each other through, obviously the NHS is not going to cover therapy for every woman, <laughs> but perhaps something positive can come out of it and we can start having more open I mean, conversations. As people, as you and I especially, I guess, but who have been in abusive relationships mm. one of the things one of the kind of primary characteristics is the isolation of, mm-hmm. of your friends not just physically in terms yeah. of you stop going out so much but this idea that everybody else is wrong has a different agenda you mm. can't trust them and like the like horrible toxic cycle of that yeah. kind of behavior mm-hmm. and one of the most freeing things about leaving those relationships is I'm, like, going through it now. I'm, like, talking yeah. to people, like, oh, that wasn't okay, was yeah, it? Yeah, no. Yeah. Especially the psychological stuff, like, oh, I shouldn't have let that happen. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, maybe that's the wrong terminology because it's a mutual thing, but, like... No, but having um, time and distance. Yeah, yeah. like, and having... to see something. De-demonizing yourself is kind of... And things yeah. like that, like, it is so affirming to yeah. just mm-hmm. talk to people and feel like yeah. you can because it, I spent the last yeah. you know it gives validity to those yeah. feelings that you had at the time and at the time it's just confusing and you feel like you're at fault but then mm. after the fact yeah it's good to hear other people say no you are okay like you shouldn't have had to go it's the difference things. between like staying alive and killing yourself for sure I, like because yeah. once it's valid you can start working through it yeah. in my experience like all of the like significant pain a lot of the emotional pain that I've like been through when I was younger was because of like denying things that happened, yeah. feeling extra stupid and extra vulnerable yeah. and extra kind of responsible. Like only I could like I deserve basically yeah. feel like you deserve stuff. Mm. Yeah. And the actually the act of no, that wasn't actually your fault. This person had a lot of power. This person did that. Yeah. Not to say that I I have never done anything wrong, mm. but there are power systems at play with yeah. within family structures mm, and within yeah. relationships. That it isn't wimpy and like, like uh, snowflakey to admit yeah. that and and that that are wrong. And so I think that it isn't just like women supporting each other. I think that's the difference between life and death. Honestly, yeah. like yeah. I think if you want to get fucking serious, which sometimes I do, like this this shit is fucking important. So when we say women support each other, it's like fucking. The stuff, it's, yeah, it's, it's the these stuff like life, life nuggets. No, it it's, really is. It's this shit that you, that well, almost is going to wipe you off the face of the yeah. earth, doesn't need to because you're being lied to yeah. about an essential part of the cause of it. For sure. Um, I mean, if, if five years ago I hadn't had two very specific female friends in my life, then honestly, God knows what could have <laughs> yeah. happened because, yeah. like, without those relationships, you're completely lost. You're mm. kind of self blaming and Mm. confused and it's really it's kind of it's just a really difficult time because you have to sort of figure out what was I complicit is this okay Mm -hmm, am mm -hmm. I okay Mm -hmm. what what happens now who am I Mm. like all of these completely crazy questions kind of floating around and I think without kind of female friendships a lot of parts of my life certainly could have gone a lot differently Mm -hmm. I mean thank god 
for women. Yeah. And then they're <laughs> belittled in almost every media and like front yeah. outlet as women's like, friendships are seen as sort of like fripperies and shallow yeah. and, and they're literally I have so I have friends that rich. would murder for me. Yeah. I, I have a friend that would literally like fly over to the place that that person that lives in take and a would bullet. Yeah, would, would take a bullet and Shoot. would stab that man yeah. <laughs> multiple times. And yeah. like friendships like that you cannot fucking no, they, you know, like they're so valuable. Like and and it's so infuriating that while all of this like complex thought is going on, all of this kind of self-examination and like really like intense like inward work yeah. that women are doing in themselves. And again, sometimes men, whatever, mm. but but for the most part <laughs> but like we're, we're allowed to talk about just, women, now, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and in the background Men are just, just, blah, 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 just <laughs> no fucking idea. Yeah. Some of them do. And we're Some of them the are twisty and ones. dark. We're the, yeah. the clueless, even the daft ones, women. Like even the like naughty, like over intellectual men have yeah. no They're fucking idea. They're too busy hand wringing whilst masturbating. Yeah, somehow. just posting on Instagram. Dickering. It's a good way to seg into another negative sexualization of people that probably shouldn't be sexualized. <laughs> children. Yeah. Specifically, Stranger Things children. <laughs> I'd like to tell you. I would prefer friend. to be sexually assaulted than watching. <laughs> No, no, we're, we're not anymore. People. Haven't we're you the read the internet? People. I'm reclaiming my trauma. <laughs> I'm reclaiming my trauma. You don't get and to have after, my joy. After all being subjected to strong tongue, we're also allowed to be to joke about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking, bitch. <laughs> about that. <laughs> Bitches, I hate crying. Get out. <laughs> We haven't made it clear that Stranger Things is Stranger Things. It's Stranger Things. From here on in, Even though the we'll show be referred to as Stranger Tang. Stranger Tang. As in Arangatang. As in Shamalama, Famalama, Shamalama, Famalama, Famalama, Shamalama. Stranger Tang. Keep going. Reprise. <laughs> you know what isn't strange? Every plot trope, every character <laughs> progression in that show. Mm. <sighs> so, let's rate the kids in terms of fuckability. <laughs> let's sexualize some children. Yeah. I tell you what. Number one, no, Will. Determined. Two, black one. <laughs> we, we already determined that the reason why it's not a success in the fact that the show falls apart is because there's not enough sexy kids. Yeah. The kids aren't hot enough. Yeah. They need to just straight up fuck. <laughs> like, I don't want to see you hold hands. I don't want to see you I don't want to see you kiss. I don't want to see you, like, get to fucking. Mm. Bump those ugly. I'm not really interested in the show until they're at fuckable age yeah. levels. Which, from what I've heard, some Caleb, like, Lucas, is. done. Yeah. But then it's week. like, I'd rather watch Gossip Girl, you know? <laughs> or whatever those shows are. No, but for real. For real. For is real. it Stranger Things that we care about, or is it the surrounding media circus that we care about? 
this is what because when we rant about stranger I mean, things it's it, james corden jumping oh. on that jumping on those oh. children right in the bit oh. <laughs> fast forward 30 years to the the kind of um hashtag me too parallel can i just say when the, the uprising comes when it's can james corden be the first to go oh mm, please yeah I mean, wasn't he been cancelled for about ten years now? In, See, in England cancelled him. Yeah, we cancelled. Oh, of course. Britain. Ca- <laughs> oh my God! Listen to me Great and my privilege. Britain. God, that's the only thing to talk about. Did you Scott. tell Gemma about the when no. we were at the pub and that? Scott, I don't tell her anything. <laughs> When that woman, that woman was really confrontational with us because of it, because of us being English. Yes. Really? Yeah. I did. I think I told you and Jack. It was like the first thing I told you guys because I've got a victim complex. So you asked how my night was, and I was like, for context, um, Atsy and I were. She was dirty looks at the bar. Yeah, Apsy and I were at a pub in near her new place in Battlefield, mm-hmm. and we went to, we went there. And when we left at closing time, because we will leave as late as we can, yeah. um, she came out <coughs> in touch more in her, and she was like, um, asked if we were English. Said we said yes, shamefacedly, and then we said, <laughs> and then she was like, yeah, you sound really English. Imagine I won't do like, her accent because I'm not going to sing to her like, level, <laughs> but I really want to. Cause imagine was, like you. What's not? What are you talking about? I'm not from the top end. You absolute goo. Why, of course, I'm from England. I mean, there's a natural hierarchy between the kingdoms, but no. I hail from the green and pleasant land. Oh, is, oh, yeah, is this when you said to her, actually, I'm an Indian? <laughs> no, I actually felt too shamed by yeah. her fucking victim complex that mm-hmm. I... that like I later on in the shower, I was like, bitch, we are the children of It took you a long time. <laughs> the woman was like, yeah, you sound really English, and was sort of... She was like, she said something about, like, be careful with those accents, because we're not usually that friendly. But I was wielding them like axes. <laughs> in it, like I was like, this is what they'll like to hear. An oppressive... Just checking. <laughs> and, uh, and we you were like, we were like okay, thank you, Sharon. Sharon, you love you should be too English, boy. <laughs> so we were like, okay, because we just, you know, we know she our place. She said, she said, her. yeah. What did you she tell said, her? Well, I said that I was a teacher. You said you were a filmmaker, and oh, I said that I was why? a freelance writer, which is... <laughs> and you said that you were a copywriter. Yeah, I said writer. I was a... Yeah. A f- and then she said, I, she said, I have a real job. Well, she was like, well, I have a real job, because she'd mentioned that she was a clinical nurse. In order to set up the story, I think she needed to know that Apsi and I had similarly important jobs, and then she found out that we didn't. And then she was like, right. Bitch, you like, make money. Like... That's a real job. In it, we're all. You exchange goods for services. It's a fucking job. In it, we're all the pros. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I too am proletariat. Works the world united. I know. Not with you. <laughs> Not if you're. She's like, ah, oh, it's my. Oh, oh, almost did the, almost did the accent. Uh-oh. She, she was, she was like, oh, my, my daughter's here. It's her first time getting drunk. It's her eighteenth birthday, and I pretended not to know that, even though they had. Balloons all around the pool, mm. and, and there was one. Also, not to realise that her daughter looked about 
one million years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she looks lovely. Really lovely. <laughs> As if it was her first fucking night out. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. No way. She had... She was, she'll have been drinking for the last 10 years straight. Like, yeah. she'll be smoking 20 a day. This is her first legal night in a pub. Yes. But if you checked the, the local Imagine pub. Imagine going out with your mum. Isn't it? Okay, no. My mum had, me and my mum, me, like my mum on, on the J2Os. <laughs> <laughs> racially apple. harassing people. Give me those apple and mango. Going <laughs> Oh, anyway, Stranger Things. Stranger oh yeah, time. that's what we were talking about. We are supposed to talk about sexual assault at Stranger Things. Yeah. Now whether we will or whether we won't, that's two separate things. Yeah, I guess we can just play that shit by ear. Okay, Stranger Tang, what even fucking happened? I mean, honestly, so... It was disappointing. I feel like the new season just was like, oh, well we had some successful themes I in the first, the first season, first so let's season just was... do those again. I think it got wrapped up in it, and I think in hindsight maybe it wouldn't be as good. But de- but definitely the second season they just repeated everything that happened in the first one. But they were like mm. horror, but more horror. But then it was like a non-specific more, and there was like an unspecific how or why. Like we were just supposed to kind of go along with the fact mm-hmm. that it was somehow more scary. I but it wasn't more scary. It was just it the was same just thing, bigger. but like a few. Like there was okay. The horror of the first one, you just had like five of those bad guys now. It's a bit more stronger. Yeah. They were small, like uh, more time. You know, sometimes <laughs> when they come, <laughs> got a bit of orange zest in there oh, yeah. with the uh, tamarind. The plump. What the fuck is the fleshy bit called? Oh, who cares? Uh, the, 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 I, I think, you know, sometimes when the context in which you watch a show, it kind of changes how you see it. Mm. When I was watching the show, I was watching it with a person <laughs> who's like super into like monsters and horror and was reading loads of like literature about it at the time and watching mm-hmm. his films. And, and so he was like, all right, we'll watch this show that everyone keeps saying is the new like sci-fi horror thing. Everyone's raving about it. And he deemed the horror to be... And I don't, as much as I want to, I don't actually disagree with him, but... Maybe I'll just claim the take is my own. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's but, not like, you know, he never did that. Yeah. <laughs> no. He earned his stripes. And I just had the nerve to carry, just tag along to his charisma. Um, but, like, as a show, if you're going to call it horror and sci-fi, in terms of horror and sci-fi, it's not scary. It's not. It has a mild, family-friendly kind of, like, thrill under yeah. it. But he was talking a lot about, like, the monsters and, like, the monsters as a thing. Like, monsters... Apparently people who, like, study horror are, mm. like, they know a lot about mm. monsters specifically and what they're supposed to represent. This monster was basically... From what I remember about the first season, it was a basic tentacles, gen- generally dark, mm-hmm. kind of foreboding presence in the lives of the people in the show. But the biggest, like overriding problem with the whole show is that there is no like in good sci-fi the evil is supposed to kind of have some kind of internal logic Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. you're kind of supposed to understand that why uh it's doing what it's doing and in this show yeah Yeah. like and there wasn't any no in the in the second and the first season there is this kind of very comforting sense of right and wrong you know from the very first episode who's good and who's bad and those people stay good and they stay bad and the show works uh, like as like a like 
bowl of mashed potatoes in that respect. It's just mm. comforting. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's, which that, is that's fine. Appeal because it had the nostalgia and the references. Yeah. But everyone keeps saying it like it's a good thing. That, not yeah, a good thing. A, a, a good critic- thing, but it needs to underpin things and not just be the the sole fucking the entire the, mm. the entirety of it. It needs to have actual good writing. It's, yeah, because it just yeah. ends up being really unsatisfying, and then mm. you kind of get left with this like continual. Oh, it's the same cliffhanger as last time. So there's still a big tentacle monster, and we still mm. don't really know what's going on with it, and it's still like. It's trapped until next time, but then there's no real resolution. But I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care why yeah. he's there. I don't care what he's doing because I don't really have any sort of, like, internal monologue to what the evil thing and is. And so I don't really give a shit. Like, it's just like, that's well, why the sh- show literally works because people mm. forget to care about yeah. all of the things that people are wrong with it. People forget what Will looks like because they think he's Mike. I, I was didn't like, know I who they like were. Five I was like, he's right there, right guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's so Joyce, go. You don't need to talk to him through the lights. You can talk to him through words. Mm. Mm. Also, did everybody just forget over the course of the first season to the second season that Jonathan's a massive fucking creep? And yeah. now everyone's like, wants him to fuck Nancy. But yeah. it's like, he is a pervert and he should be appropriately punished. That, the I mean, let's go right. full Tumblr. The feminist, the, not, well, the... The, the lady girl gender mm. stuff is in the same way as the whole rest of the show is like pretty rudimentary and pretty like painting in primary colors in yeah. every way the women's stuff i mean it keeps claiming to be kind of self-aware and smart because it's this very tech savvy show in terms of how it's marketed yeah. but the content of it jonathan is the typical Floppy head indie boy angst yeah. tunes stalker guy angst ridden loner jam. Oh my god, that wasn't the name, that was just a description. Like, it's like got Radiohead's creep and jets. Oh, you could have been my girl, <laughs> you know, that famous, uh, like, sort yeah. of um, slow jam, yeah, for soft boys. Well, like, I don't have a problem with like theoretically the fact that the show is derivative because that can kind of be like nostalgic and fun and it has its benefits but then when the actual content of the show is derivative of a genre from like 30 years ago and tropes from 30 years ago and it hasn't in any way been modernized or adapted to address the kind of modern issues of how women are represented Mm. then it just it doesn't kind of fulfill that nostalgia because you're no. sort of trapped in this you thing where you want to enjoy be, it but yeah. it's like I can't enjoy this because it needs to be I know too much like I've seen yeah. the other side now and this yeah. is like it's just shit now <laughs> yeah it definitely doesn't comment on it or yeah I kept it's, the second season I think the probably the big and that's what's frustrating about it is that it could have mm. Mm. you can still have um, a framework of and work work by like okay Stephen King references and an eighty yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, it could have been more tongue in cheek and kind of been like we know like that this is Robin what it used song. to be like, but right. Yeah. Well, who's well, another singer well. who does eighties sounding? Show? Robin. She, I don't yeah. know anyone. <laughs> you know, Britney Spears. Yeah. What's your name? <laughs> you know, there's a music does it better. <laughs> There's a lot of, I'm, I can't remember any names of anyone, but like music does this a lot better, yeah. like weaving in past and pre- like present mm. stuff and doing a commentary. Yeah. It's just so basic, but even even fans of Stranger Things um, are saying that the second season's kind of like highlighted the flaws and one of them is basically this, you're kind of waiting for them to, like you said, to kind of acknowledge 
the, the difference between the fact that yes they're referencing nostalgia but they're actually writing in 2017 mm. yeah. and they never do that and like so when 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 mad, mad max mad max <laughs> for the a for the yeah a apostrophe d max <laughs> uh, when she gets introduced and it's all like oh girls girls good yeah. there's never a point where the character the male characters are punished for that thought no. or yeah. the show itself because no. it's okay to have characters who work like word mm-hmm. verbalize yeah. stupid things the as show has to have an overall yeah. Yeah. yeah but you are the whole show is this vessel for these fucking little boys and how we're supposed to find them fucking wonderful Key. and hot yeah. and yeah. Fuck, you know and the whole, the whole <laughs> mad max like the mad max character and well, her family in general it was so cack handed they were like oh, oh so we need like another young girl and she needs to somehow push the story She's forward Avril for Levine. these boys but there's no explanation about who she is where she comes from why her brother is such a fucking dick why like that do you remember whole when... situation happens there's just no expansion on those characters and so i don't care that there's this little girl who's clearly like has an abusive family um... but that could have been made so much more interesting and could have been more than just something yeah, to propel just, the boys' the, stories the forward. They, the, the way that they dealt with that was just like this one really quick my parents are divorced scene. Or Do you remember when the whole and, and, then, and what and the and whole and, like yeah. season built to this? You know, Billy. There's a character built a real Billy, a real sense of foreboding, <laughs> a real sense of like foreboding mm-hmm. and violence, and yeah. there was genuinely a sense of. I mean, he was the real monster. <laughs> <laughs> In the sense of like the things that made me scared, mm-hmm. it might speak to my experience more. But yeah. like, I was more scared of Billy than I was the Demogorgon yeah. too. But or did whatever. you not also the dog, want him to like, fuck Jonathan's mom or whoever it was? Oh, I actually did. Yes. <laughs> no, I wanted to fuck him then because oh, okay. the you show makes me think him. in these like. You wanted to be Nancy's mom. Oh, is it Nancy's mum? Kind of. Our mums look the same. Yeah, Jaffa, yeah, what up? <laughs> um, I, but, but so they built this sense of like... Sh- mom, <laughs> 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 your <bad> mom. <laughs> oh my god. So, um... That got a bit serious there. Is it? Oh yeah, of course. I suppose it... Yeah. <laughs> so he... So he's... He's scared, he's genuinely quite scary and they have this kind of compelling dynamic and yeah. you sort of find out that they're not actually related so you're wondering why they're together and you think it's some kind of uh, mission from the the, the lab, yeah. like wherever that place is. The, yeah. the, the lab. Hawkins lab. Mm. Thank you. Um, and then I think it's like near the end, remember we were watching it and near the end mm. um, it's revealed that Mad Max is, she's like a... She's just the child of divorce. She's a child yeah, of divorce. And her stepbrother's a bit of a dick. And Gemma was like, are we supposed to believe that that entire tonal build-up yeah. was when, about... That was it? That was, was the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It just felt, yeah, it's, again, and just really an unsatisfying yeah. finish. Like, I want to give a shit about you, but I can't. Yeah. How did that happen? Lucas said... Uh, I really like talking to you, Max. That's what I remember <laughs> saying. Because I remember yeah. thinking, like, this is a moment where they could have a, a genuine connection. Really badly. I, they, they, yeah. they, they, they kind of like to. When I heard you to myself. <laughs> 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 kind of fucked him over. They fucked Mad Max over, though, because they yeah. have this, this girl who comes in and she's a child of an abusive family yeah, for yeah. whatever reason, and she's obviously like an angry, like, intelligent, yeah. independent 
young girl and she has all of that going for her but then instead of expanding on it she's just like oh you're stalking me oh that's funny and cute and I'm just gonna let that slide and then we're gonna ignore the whole facet of my personality that you've just spent three episodes introducing it was really really strange because that happened there was that switch that happened really really quickly where it was like her being um, uh, disturbed and Mm. um, feeling like she was being harassed yeah and no, she really, wasn't feeling it. She was. She called like, him Stalker. That was his like, cute nickname. But then very... So, so, so very I'm getting mad. The, <laughs> the very next episode, she was like, I want to be in your gang. Yeah, it's like, why though? Why you yeah. don't. Where did that come from? I don't. It was such a quick turnaround. It's because she has to push their story forward yeah. and there was just no natural way for that to happen short of them actually fleshing out her character but mm. obviously it did not behoove them mm. to give her an actual personality backstory or backbone no. here this here this right here this is my you know and some being like an 11 foil that yeah yeah this is where this is where i think the show the show <sighs> needs like needs to decide whether it's fun or whether it's serious and the culture needs to decide whether or not it's going to treat it as a bit of pulp mm. or a serious piece of kind of culture defining art because if you consider it to be the latter yeah. then you're buying into that script as like a, that that's i think when the show but go stops being like a fun thing that you watch mm. with your friends when you're hungover and it starts being like a really st- like <clears throat> stupid derivative and like worrying piece of uh like of like cultural like art i don't know whatever the fuck you call yeah. things are it's well, significant it's cons- in the culture it's because... consumed like so it's so pervasive now in mm-hmm. sort of pop culture and everyone's seen it and everyone knows about it and it's kind of described and presented in, in a way that is like oh this is like a cool modern mm. on kind of show and it's you know it's references this and it's nostalgic but it's presented in a way that like you almost would assume that it's woke Mm. and so you're going into it with this idea of like oh this is like going to be self-referential and we're going to have like an in-joke and a nudge and a wink so people are assuming that that's what's happening and they're allowing all of this shit to slide Mm. because that's how it's kind of presented yeah and i think i honestly i mean i get too pent up about this stuff but i think that that's that's like genuinely Oh, I almost said problematic. But I think that that's genuinely... <laughs> problematic. <laughs> that's where I think it's horrif- a bit horrifying, though, because, yeah, like, I don't give a shit if people are watching <laughs> in it, yeah. Billy. The con- cultural impact of the show. Yeah. That's the, the real, real, real strength. Maybe they know that. <laughs> Maybe the they know that the strangatang is really the cultural impact. Because people... You know, this show isn't just like a cartoon that is mm. kind of enjoyed. It's it is it has gravitas yeah. in the culture, and so when you consider it from that perspective, there are boys who. You can't have a, a show that's taken very seriously narratively that also embraces really derivative, like harmful, mm-hmm. childish. Uh, tropes from 80s and um, 70s yeah. Yeah. Um, film and music, which is basically boys will be boys, boys are investigative, adventurous, uh, misogynistic, but only because they're super earnest and they just yeah. want to like get to the truth. And women are like shrill, isolated protectors who, who are kind of a combination of like uh, enablers and like stop gaps on the way to the yeah. truth. And there's this kind of there is this sense of like boys will be boys, yeah. and that no matter what these guys do, everything that uh, what they do is kind of 
justified because I think the overriding quality about all of them, Jonathan or, mm. or included, all of these guys, is that they're earnest. Yeah. Like the boys are, and that, and I think this is why I think that the child thing is super manipulative because you ki- you cast children, yeah. and you're supposed to basically find them all cute to the point where you, they're allowed to yeah. do whatever they want, and they act like dicks, yeah, and it's not do. because they're kids or whatever. They act like unkind self-righteous yeah. nasty Especially little boys the whole thing and we're supposed really, to find them cute yeah the and... whole thing i feel like really pushes forward this narrative of like nice guys nice guys finish last nice mm. guys deserve to have a win nice guys you know deserve to you know get the girl even though uh, pretty much every woman that is in the show every like young girl is in some way abused or abandoned yeah. by the male characters yeah but you're still kind of through the narrative of the story, you're still meant to root for them and you're still meant to be like, oh, ni- these nice guys don't have to finish last. Well, these nice guys are, like, abusing women and they're stalking women and they're, yep. you know, taking photos of them without their consent or they're just, like, mm-hmm. abandoning them or they're, you know, being nasty to them. Mm-hmm. So how it's just such a, like, fedora-wearing milady bullshit nonsense that, mm-hmm. like, we're still meant to somehow say, oh, but they, it's okay because it the eight- they're, they're it's the 80s and they're kids and it's cute and they're all nice in the end and they beat the... Whatever, but it's just we're just glorifying like men being idiots essentially it's through the show. Bad, bad writing. It's like it is, yeah. the way to get around the pressures of golden age television. Mm. You know where um, the writing has to be better than all films. Mm. I mean, TV is not better mm. than you know all this shit. We all know this. Yeah. And um, the way that they've got around it is by all of these gimmicks. It yeah. is super gimmicky. It's yeah. a it, and it's uh Yeah, towards the end when they're like putting together the pieces and there's a, there's those parts where they start solving when they start coming up with ideas on how to beat the monster and then it's like there's a cue in the music. This music shifts when it's like Edwardian high fashion, you know, kind of high necks and stuff. But there is 
a kind of cultural numbing happening yeah. and a certain kind of say like kind of entertainment gorging thing that we're all yeah. doing yeah and i don't like this kind of perspective because i don't think it's people being dumb i think no. it's it's I, and i because i hate the perspective of like, like people are just stupid culture to what like the plight of the millennial really. yeah because we have yeah. to like justify where we are mm-hmm. and we have to do that through how we consume media and how we present ourselves publicly and if we want to get away with i think with well, not that we want to get away with it, but we've been put in a situation where we have to live like children, and so we yeah. sort of have to like play that role yeah. in society because yeah. otherwise it sort of looks like we're being lazy or we don't have a place mm-hmm. in society. We have to be like, oh, I'm still a kid. I was like, I'm 27. Yeah. So Ella's 27. <laughs> I'm a grown ass yeah. woman. Like I am. You know, if this was 50 years ago, I would have yeah. maybe had kids, been married, would have had a job for 10 years. Yeah. But instead, I'm like working minimum wage zero hour job yeah. and we have to sort of figure out how that fits in society and I think the best way of doing that is nostalgia yeah and thinking like pretending that this we're is, still children like pretending that we still thing. are like it's referencing like it is a comfort yeah yeah why the and fact, like, the... it's okay for me to stay in bed because the economy is in the state that it's in mm. yeah I think that's what that's what frustrates me and I think any conversation like this needs to make clear that it's not the individual's fault it's the fact that what angers me though is that we have a culture that knows this situation that you just articulated and is providing us with the most um anesthetizing entertainment mm-hmm. in order for us to deal with it and then we can yeah. justify it under the umbrella of hashtag self-care yeah <laughs> self-care binge watching comfort mm-hmm. f- like this this stuff is all also great stuff that we all lean pretty heavily on mm, yeah but it's just something that i just increasingly just see grown-ups being treated not like kids in this are getting nurtured and looked after in a really overpowering way but like kids who are being neglected and are just being chucked food that's going to kill you like education like uh, entertainment that's going to kill your brain i mean i'm sounding like one of these fucking and atheist guys right now but i just mean that this is a sign of like a sick culture But it's just like peak late capitalism whereby the people, the older generations with the money put us in this situation and then those same older generations with the money will also criticise us whilst with the same hand spoon feed us this nostalgic bullshit that's mm-hmm. going to keep us numbed yeah. to the realities that they've put us in. So Because it's not like it's people our age making these TV shows mm. that are nostalgic for a time that we never even lived in. It's mm. the people that basically it's people that put us in this situation to begin with. Word. Wake up, sheeple. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Sheeple is the only portmanteau I can gamble. Okay. Go on, love. Uh, Go on. What am I saying? Me, three in the pink. (laughs) (laughs) Me, three in the pink. They're just three regular girls. Until... They became influencers. That's the whole show. It's that for 40 minutes and then it's like Tinder is bad. Dating is stupid and mad at Dom. The end. end. <laughs> 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 <laughs>